podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Hello everyone, so I'm back with you quickly at the end of game week 33 for what will be the first of two short monologues by me before normal service resumes after game week 35-ish. You all know I love a portmanteau, so I'll call these tomologues for the time being. Uh, we are Who Got the Assist, so in this case I am. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at WGTA underscore FPL and my usual co-host Lucy at Lucy Hynett with two T's. Today's just a couple of, a couple of updates in terms of how I've gotten on, a few bits and pieces about what's going on in the future, and then you know, tw- through Twitter questions. I'm sure there'll be a digression in, or two in there, you know, as things dawn on me. Um, recording on the evening on the 27th of April, um, the Spurs United game is still going on in the background, but I haven't got any players in it, so just kind of waiting, <laughs> waiting to be uh, smashed even further. Uh, really, I'm stealing out for a minute, basically, when my daughter's down for a sleep. Uh, so yeah, I've got probably about half an hour uh, just to get through this one. That's a game week update very quickly. I ended up with 61, so just unfortunately below the safety score. I think that's my fourth red arrow in a row, uh, down to about 13, probably 14k now. I've just seen that Kane's got another assist. Um, which obviously isn't great. Um, basically, just not getting Rashford um, this week. I, I'd never considered it, as you guys heard last week, but just not getting Rashford this week has kind of buried me a little bit. Um, a few sort of bright spots, really, uh, being the playing uh, Raya uh, over uh, Mr. Kepper. Uh, that was all right. Uh, Trent got an assist. Uh, Slanky got an assist, and Holden got points. That's basically it. I guess kind of the main question I had last week, really, when it came down to it, I didn't reconsider it, but it was Raya versus Kepa. And I did play Raya in the end. And I did see uh, that there were some you know, who presumably fielded Kepa um, who were squawking blue murder about this, about kind of people playing Raya over Kepa. Um, and, you know, it, it, I did see that, you know, the clean sheet odds of Kepa would comfortably get that sort of clean sheet or should keep the clean sheet. And he didn't see, indeed, concede you know, one own goal. Um, and one actual shot or something like that. So it was seen, I, I guess, by some as a high variance event and a bit lucky. It always is, I guess, a bit lucky with clean sheets. We've seen kind of some bad luck tonight with uh, uh, Newcastle, who I had two defenders from, losing their clean sheet direct from corner. Uh, but I thought, you know, some of the tonality, as usual, about the discourse around that annoyed me a little bit. Because I guess to me, it shows how sometimes the, the binary of, you know, you must trust empirical data sources like this. And if you don't, you're somehow a bit stupid, a bit simple, uh, just lucky. You know, that kind of struck me as being a tad patronizing. I feel like it was a bit of a, a false binary, I guess, as well, of the kind of right and wrong. But I was talking to Sam FPL Pricey about this pre-game week deadline in terms of choosing the keeper. And it was a case of, really backing against Lampard's Chelsea and how Chelsea in general have failed to convert their chances this year. I mean, no team is underperforming on their XG as much as Chelsea are season long. And from watching them, it wasn't a massive leap to apply some intuition and think Kepa may well face, uh, sorry, Raya may well face a lot of poor quality shots from which he could, could rack up the save points, which he did. And we've seen that he tends to also accrue bonus as well for making those saves, which he did. And also things like that pass completion too. Therefore, there was a logic behind choosing Raya looking at his away performances recently. And he's literally now the highest scoring goalkeeper too. And I guess it kind of 
as usual, shows the performance of, of an integrative model. Like it's great to have data, but it needs to be contextualized by their understanding. As a qualified researcher with over 10 years experience, so I need to remember that I am this because my paternity leave is over from next Tuesday. Uh, quant is always best paired with call. It's always good to have the eye test alongside the data. Yeah, you can have the bookies odds and you can kind of hang your hat on those, but sometimes it is quite good to kind of look at the other side of things too and open your mind to that sort of um, more kind of nuanced understanding of the human side of things as well as just kind of the cold hard numbers i mean some may say you know there's a sample size thing and the bookies look at um the sample size over a long time but football's dynamic and changing a lot of the a lot of the sample size that the book should be looking at for example wouldn't have a manager's rubbish as lampard in charge at chelsea right football changes grows and adjusts over time and you know there are a lot smaller patches i guess that these things happen in the football than most academic models would allow within their priors and normally it's like a roll up of kind of six to 12 months worth of data and this is i guess you know thinking about fpl review for example fpl review itself implicitly acknowledges this like yeah yeah a lot of the exponents say hey you know what and you know, this data need, they need a long tail on this data in order to make sense of things but the model does update over time it updates to the template the model is incredibly template friendly right so it, it's such a false bottomed argument that you can't assess things over a six to ten week period or like a period from the restart to now uh, sure it's noisy and you have to kind of build a caveated understanding of things i mean that's absolutely fine i'm not saying you do one or the other it's always about nuance and somewhere inside the messy middle but there's nothing inherently wrong with using all sorts of different sources to contextualize decisions which is all we're doing anyway really with any information point we use so i mean yeah that's just one thing that kind of I saw this week and I was kind of, I just, I just got face palms. I just couldn't bother to even respond, uh, as with both things on FPL Twitter these days. Uh, see old pods out nauseam. Um, so, yeah, um, it, it, it was kind of a bit of a disappointing week, I suppose, overall. Um, the double Desmond, the 2 2 2 2 from Salah, Saka, McAllister, and Matoma in midfield, particularly, was a bit annoying. And I really need that Newcastle clean sheet tonight um, to scrape a green arrow and that not coming in obviously meant that um yeah i was consigned to a little bit of a red one uh, in terms of the market forces at uh, rashford's 165,000 transfers in for rashford uh, i'll be one of those people buying him in probably tomorrow uh, kevin de bruyne 117,000 transfers in for him at time of recording i probably well i've I, I, spoilers i've already bought him uh, <laughs> stones over 100,000 transfers in for him uh, diogo jota uh, interesting one he was subbed i think in the 58th it was something like that or 59th maybe that's something to the point there's a podcast about it. I don't know who that is uh, 91,000 chances out in for him and Greedish 88,000 chances in for Greedish got uh, one point this week didn't he got yellow card too turn transfers out the Bukayo Saka who would sell him oh wait I've done that I'll explain why in a minute 150,000 people have sold Saka 125,000 people have sold Kane he's just gotten two returns 100,000 people have sold Watkins I'm likely to be joining them 82,000 have sold Marcinelli and 71,000 have sold Odegaard so people all gearing up for double game week 34. I'm going to leave the uh, mini league just for now, um, just because uh, it's, it's not going to be updated in time. And you know, I've, I've had to kind of come on a tiny bit early just due to type things in with my uh, with my baby sleeping. So um, yeah, I'm going to move on to Twitter questions now. Uh, the first one is kind of what am I doing? Um, I'll answer this through um, answering FPL Gill. Um, who asks, or FPL Jill, who's got his Gillingham fan, uh, who asks, is this a viable week to take multiple hits? You don't have Freeman City, Free Bryson, etc. And Colm, uh, he's got an Irish name, 
stag once pronounced it properly i'm not even going to try sorry com and um, who asked you know who should be sold for the double and what am i doing now uh, i'm not sure on the free city yet but i think in accordance with the first question about is this the week to take multiple hits the answer is a resounding yes yeah you'll know this season that i've been stunningly risk averse given how i've been the last sort of five years i've had zero interest a lot of the time in taking big hits Notably, for the last uh, big double game week in 29, I simply wasn't interested in hitting in doublers just for the sake of it. Those people uh, on other kind of podcasts were saying, hey, you know what, you've got to go for it. It's double game week. I felt there was no sort of onward benefit from taking the hits on those occasions other than to kind of big up, bulk up that week. But game double game week 34 is unique in some ways because you're buying in players from teams Man City and Bryson has mentioned, who aren't kind of just for this week, but they're also options for later double game weeks, so 36 and 37. But there are doubles for those teams as well as those teams um, being team that those teams have something to quote unquote play for. Like Brighton, for example, looked tired after a wrong game in the semi final against United. Yes, um, when they lost to Forest, but they still have a lot of fixtures to come. So it's not something that you're going to look at and think, oh, okay, well, I'm, I'm not going to be buying those players from those teams. And they're so affordable as well. And simply put, I guess you can take a hit this week for tangible long-term setups in your team. So I'm likely to be taking a minus eight, I think. And would I'd say if it suits you to do it, I mean, this is probably the only time in the season that I've said that. Um, but unlike 29, as I've mentioned, this week is one where the teams we fancy do have a goodish looking double and are probably worth being aggressive in terms of picking up. It's a case of picking a battle, there's always an FPL. And this is a battle I guess I'd, I'd like to pick, <laughs> if that makes sense. And in terms of what I'm doing, it's a case of trying to differentiate as much as I can from the obvious twin plate. I tweeted out the other day, but it's fairly obvious, I think, what that twin plate is, which is goalkeeper. Um, Edison, De Gea, maybe most some people will stick him with Raya, maybe some steals hanging around. At the back, Estepinian, Trent, Trippier, uh, five across the midfield, Salah, Grealish, Rashford, two Brighton, take your pick from the three M's, and up front, Holland and Isaac. I think that that's literally going to be the team for loads and loads of engaged managers next week. And we've spoken at length about how the season has become incredibly formulaic. And, uh, you know, it's for all the reasons we spoke about last week and we have in pods past about this being a context of a low price season, you know, Bryce and Newcastle assets facilitate easy team composition, et cetera, et cetera. It's incredibly predictable. Am I going to go for that team? Well, I've already kind of spoiled it, but no, I'm not. Um, well, I will, be, I will have a lot of these players for the most part. So I've already got Trent and Trippier. I've got Salah. I will be buying Rashford back. I can't not buy Rashford back. I mean, that's just suicide. I've got two Bryson in place. I'll have Haaland, obviously. I mean, these are all kind of obvious picks, uh, but there are a few up for grabs. The first one, so Grealish, I won't have. Um, I've, I've bought KDB. Uh, this answers Eurodan's question about taking a spin on Pep's roulette wheel. Um, it's a bit risky, I know. Uh, I got him uh, when I kind of was woken up for a nappy change last night. Um, but I saw that S- Saka was dropping and um, it meant it was, that would have meant that I'd be kind of cutting it really fine in game week 36 when I was pick- for picking up I- Isaac for um, the potential captaincy that week although he didn't start tonight so uh, anyway um in the interview after the game with NBC he was talking about preparing for Fulham in three days time uh, so hopefully he's all right I know that Pep said he had a niggle but you know I, I had to do it last night um just to afford my with plans basically um I, I sold him for Saka I bought him for Saka 
And I need to acknowledge, I said last week, I'd be keeping Saka. But unfortunately, he's become a bit of a fool guy, basically, because I can buy KDB and I can buy Rashford if I sold Saka. Um, so, yeah, it's just one of those that, unfortunately, I've had to do. And plus, you know, from an Arsenal point of view, it's quite nice to be able to watch my team and not have to worry about FPL outcomes about them anymore. But obviously, buying De Bruyne is a huge team value flex and most people won't be able to afford him, Salah, Trent and Haaland like I can. Um, but I felt like he'd be a good differential over Grealish and I'm just kind of hoping he's fit, basically. Um, either Grealish or he is fine, of course, but I think I'm going to try to kind of slightly differentiate there. Um, and answering CNG's question on the Optimal City trio, one option I've been looking into, um, so I said that most people are going to probably have best opinion. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do with that slot yet. I'm looking at maybe backing City's defence over Brighton uh, through Diaz uh, rather than buying back a opinion or going dunk. Um, I, and I would be leaning dunk, I think, if I was to get a Brighton defender, which I'll come back to later on. Uh, Estepinion was a skull against me for this week. So um, Brighton defence is probably the EO cover move. But I'm, I'm intrigued by Diaz, which is probably a sign of how boring I am nowadays. That a centre-back intrigues me, but there you go. It's just an X-Mins play, really. Uh, City had the best defence in terms of the data. Neither he or Edison, um, I think, constitute the optimal City trio alongside KDB and Haaland. Uh, I like the fact that if I go with Diaz, I can get Steele in 36 if he's still the starting goalkeeper for Brighton. Um, I looked at a few kind of other sources on uh, the City defence and Diaz in particular. A particular great piece by Alex for uh, lex underscore MCFC. MCFC, I think his uh, Twitter handle is. Sorry if I got that wrong, Alex. On all about FPL, I'll link that under the pod later. And um, he was pretty confident that Diaz was going to be playing the majority of the Premier League games. So, in terms of the free city, kind of the best city trio, I mean, I think everyone would want KDB if he was the same price as Grealish, right? Even fitness questions aside, um, him, Holland, and you know, Diaz slash Edison, the steady Eddie at the back, that's probably the free. And I, I thought I'd just take the risk really with KDB. And I might well go with Diaz over a Bryson defender, but I'm not sure at the moment. They they do remain the best, the City defence. It's just that problem they have with lapses and concentration when the game is won, I'd say. Like letting letting in that one sort of pissy chance. And Newcastle did it tonight as well. And it is increasingly creeping in a little bit towards the back end of the season. So maybe it's the case that like I I may just avoid making the defensive move altogether. Um, and maybe, you know, it's hard to quantify in data, but maybe it is the case that teams are kind of just losing that kind of inch of focus, especially if they're kind of 3 4 nil up like City are likely to be in these games. So maybe it's not really worth doing, but uh, we'll see. But basically, the, the con- contingent parts, the things I need to do, I've done Saka to KDB. To get Andreas to Rashford, I need to sell... Watkins to Greenwood, which is a, a yeah a bit shitty, um, but I, I'm fine with doing that because at the end of the day, you can only have seven players uh, in, in your forward line, and I probably don't need Watkins for the time being. So you know, famous last words, but he's probably going to come out. Um, I, obviously, I, I have to acknowledge that KDB's been flagged, and um, so I might need to take a beat if KDB's out or something. Um, and it would be typical uh, if he was sort of ruled out for a couple of weeks now. I've not made a move like this all season. That would be typical if it sort of blows up in my face. <laughs> so, yeah. so as I mentioned, I had to do it from the planning um, and I'll obviously wear it if it goes wrong. So that leaves me with 
Raya, Trent, Trippier, uh, Diaz or Dunk, uh, Natoma, Macadonna, KDB, Rashford and Salah, Solanke and Horden captain. Uh, my three single game week players would be therefore Raya at home to Nottingham Forest, Trippier at home to Southampton and Solanke at home to Leeds, which I, I'm fine with that. It moves me on nicely then to FPL Claret. You know, Jimmy's question about single game week has been overlooked this week. Uh, anyone that you kind of bring up on, uh, bring up for that one? Um, Brentford versus Forest. Um, FPL Maverick also asked about, you know, would you sell Tony this week? I don't think I would. I think he'd be a hard sell this week. I think apart from Haaland, you're probably okay in terms of double game week strikers. There's no, no one that really stands out to me. I'll speak about Jota, speak about Darwin in just a little bit. Uh, but I mean, yeah, they won last week, and it was a they won this week, sorry, Forest, and it was a morale boosting win. But they remain poor away, and I, you know, I think the Brentfords are probably going to be uh, too much for them. And Tony in particular would be a very difficult to sell. Um, I think he's escaped his ban now, hasn't he? In terms of if he gets any other cards. And the, the other one that I'd mentioned is Palace and West Ham. It's got the vibe of a game that's going to be a free-free out of nowhere and no one will own their players because of the doubles. I wouldn't be buying a Bowen, for example, or something like that. I mean, some people may have a Lise or Eze hanging around with fair play. I carry them through, but other than that, you know, it's just one of those games I think you just have to just let pass you by and just kind of be like, oh, well, you know, it's a free-free, it's a 4-4, uh, but hey, who cares? It's just good to watch a match of the day. And Bournemouth leads, I guess, as well. Uh, that'll be a fairly huge game, more so for Leeds. Uh, I'm happy to enter Lange. Still putting up the numbers. Got an assist again tonight. Uh, probably got another assist as well if I wasn't offside for the first goal. Uh, but again, I'm just not sure I'd be buying in. Um, and Bournemouth's fixture is different from there. So yeah, pro- probably just Tony, actually, to be honest, Jimmy. That's the only one I'd really be thinking of. Cool. All right, next question. Uh, Joshua Big says, if hypothetically you hated yourself and didn't want to do well, who could you catch instead of Holland? And also, should I minus four a City defender in for Ake? Now, I can't see why you wouldn't captain Holland here. It's just being a glutton for punishment, Joshua. Um, like maybe I go with Salah for the two home games if you wanted. No, like he's my vice this week. I mean, you, you could go there. It's just one of those where I look at it and think, hmm. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure about the motivations on that one, I'm afraid. Could you take a hit to remove Ake for another defender? Well, if he's ruled out, a huge question mark, then sure. I mean, I'm probably going to be taking a hit for a defender this week. and But it obviously depends on the rest of your team as per. But you know, just treat him as a dead asset if he's uh, out and you haven't got another player in the wings that you can compensate with. If you do have like a Botman or a Henry, uh, I think yeah, Henry at home to Forest or Botman at home to Southampton, then you know, it's up to you whether you want to take that hit to remove that player Remove Ake, sorry, and not play one of those players. Sort of opportunity cost, I guess. So it really depends on the rest of your team as per. Um, yeah, I've got to make that same sort of judgment later on. Uh, FPL, FPL Sisyphus asks if Jota is worth a look this week. So I'd always question about his minutes uh, with Darwin Diaz now as well hanging out. You know the risk of an asset like that, and I'd probably be happy with Trent and Salah if you can just get those two. I'm aware some people are looking for an alternative to Salah due to team... Um, team value reasons and um, so you could definitely go with a darwin or a jota and hope for the best but like you know the risks in these situations <laughs> that's kind of all i will say you know what he can do as evidenced by the brace the other week but we also know what you know that he might well be hooked in the 58th minute and all it might take is darwin to show a bit of form in inverted commas and suddenly jota's the one who's on the outside looking in um it's it's one of those picks which is ideal for a free hit which is what 
most people who did own him enjoyed. Is it a sort of player that you want to invest in full-time? Probably not. It's more of a kind of a, a leverage trade sort of an individual for a short-term punt rather than a player that you want to invest in for the longest term. And linked to that, Michael Lowe actually asked on the Lottery of X-Men's Doubts double game week forwards, a Jota or Darwin punts, Martial Alvarez. Um, yeah, I'm just, all of these players come with a health, with a health warning, Michael. And, you know, it is what it is, really. Um, I mean, Martial was one that was being floated a little bit. But again, he's been a sub tonight and um, perpetual injury risk. And with all of these players, the risk is built into the price in a lot of ways. You might get one start out of them. And that might be all you're looking for, really. But I, I will have a single game week on Solanke. So maybe you're looking at kind of you know, one start and one bench appearance. And given the teams that they play for, they could well get something in those minutes. So it's not the worst sort of pickup, I guess, in the world. Would you? Would I be taking a hit for this uh, sort of player? Probably, almost definitely not. Unless I had a really strong feeling about it. Um, but I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just kind of wonder more and more whether the forwards, apart from Haaland and probably Isaac or Wilson, is going to be worthwhile as we reach kind of the run-in end of the season. Uh, Kieran Fajar, uh, is Salah to KDB on? And how do we navigate the situation with Bryce and assets, doubles, but hard games on paper? Like Salah to KDB feels a no to me. Yes, he blanked this week, but three home games in a row for Liverpool. That's only one to do if you really fancy it, Kieran. Um, I also probably would you know, maybe look at Salah's KDB later on down the line. So maybe for uh, the double game week in 37, I mean, maybe that'll be when I buy. You know, so maybe one for a little bit later. Um, but hey, there we go. Uh, Brighton Wise and also answering FPL Kudos's question on if Estupinion is a bit of a trap. Uh, just to expand why I'm kind of throwing a Diaz over a Dunk of Estupinion is, is that I just don't rate the Seagulls as fixtures defensively. I think most will own one, and you definitely keep them, obviously. But it's obviously more of a question for me who doesn't own one. Like most of two midfield assets, for example, and there's the likes of Enciso and Ferguson. You may also consider. But if you're from the outside looking in and looking to buy one at the moment, the fixing and doubles aren't that fantastic overall. So you've got, I think it's Wolves the next double game week, and I think there's Saints in game week third seven. Those are the only two sort of fixtures that scream decent cleaning chance. The rest of them don't look particularly amazing. So uh, that's kind of making me think I leave Brighton for now and then come back to them in 36. Um, we're potentially buying Steel if he's still the starting goalkeeper. And that could be a nice way of covering them. Even that kind of double game within 36, I think, is Arsenal and Newcastle away. So that's not a great double again. Um, in terms of the two, so Dunk and Estepinion, if you're like me and thinking about them, I think Dunk is the slightly better option than Estepinion simply because of the expected minutes, which is super boring. But we saw it last night with Estepinion being taken off and March being positioned back in his old role at left back, um, which meant that, you know, it means that there are options for the Zerbi and that coupled with him being taken off at half time for a poor performance in the cup recently means I've got a slight bit of doubt about this opinion. That's purely subjective, of course. I'm in reality, I'm pretty sure he starts the rest of the games, but I, I still think if I, if I was brightening, I just go with Dunk because you know he starts and plays every game, pretty much every minute. And that's kind of what you're looking for at this point, especially if one, their team's kind of in the red zone in terms of fatigue, and two, has this huge sort of fixture pile up that you want the consistency of an individual. And that would probably be Dunk. 
and like that, that's kind of why I'm thinking, hmm, do I do I really want this at the moment, or should I just leave it until later on? Um, and hey, go in for the city wheel of rotation. Yeah, I don't know. Kudos also asked if you play Trippier over Bryson Defender this week. Um, I don't know is the answer. Um, it's one that's quite difficult to get into the mindset of. Um, I'm benching Botman for if I do buy a new player, I'd, I'd probably bench Botman for that. I think that's kind of super close, really. And you you must have a really strong team if you're in that position. So I envy you. As, as I said, I don't think I think the Wolves game is this in terms of 34 is is likely to be a clean sheet. I don't think the United game would be. So you're looking at kind of eight points for Brighton, something like that, as a kind of a best guess uh, in terms of a defender versus Trippier, who's got that kind of still got that assist potential. He was on nine points uh, again before uh, Newcastle conceded tonight. So, I mean, it's very much your call. I, I, I think that oddly Trippier, especially home Southampton, who are probably doomed now, sadly for Lucy. Yeah, I mean, why... I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, that's a very tough situation. It's, it's, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to abdicate responsibility and just push it back onto you. It's down to your call. On trips, uh, Morgan Simaristi asks if he should start a share, a share of Trippier. Um, I mean, he had a great goal chalked off marginally tonight. Um, Trippier is definitely that sort of blind spot player, isn't he? That he's just owned by everybody. So he kind of is just a cancellor and it means you're playing with 10 men, take out Holland actually, and you've got nine men, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like if you want to go against him, be my guest. It's just because he could get 15 points or his EO so high, et cetera, et cetera, and so on and so on. Why isn't everyone's team? Oh, hey, Cher was not far away from scoring points uh, tonight. So, hey, there we go. Dave CZFBL, who's on a free hit and is wondering whether to go for X-Mins or X-Ceiling. So definitely ex-ceiling, I'd say, at this point, Dave. Uh, you know, at this point in the season, unless you're trying to just consolidate him in league position or consolidate the OR, but what have you got to lose now, really? I'd be going bold and leaning into that as far as I could, especially if you chase him. Like, you know, things like going against Trippier, as I just mentioned, I'd do that in a heartbeat. All in, Dave. All bloody in, basically. And finally, just because I hear my daughter crying, so I haven't got very long. Sorry, I, was, I know it's been quite quick and uh, quite... Uh, fast paced tonight but I'm just trying to literally fit this in while I've got a little bit of time uh, finally Nathan asks how can a depressed Arsenal fan cheer up well I guess what I've been trying to do Nathan is uh, trying to remember that while it was lovely and exciting to be there we, we weren't expecting to be there at the start of the season you know if you were offered second you'd have taken it you know, we'd have snapped, you'd have kind of snapped that person's snapped their arm off I think mean, that's, that's the phrase I'm not even, I'm not even drinking and um, and I, I guess you'd kind of assume that a City will run away with the title and we'd battered our way to second. Yes, the, the way it's happened hasn't been great. And, you know, there's a classic Arsenal choke. Um, but as long as, as a long-term fan, I suppose, I'm, I'm not really surprised that something happened, which appended our season. Uh, to me, as I mentioned the other week, that was Saliba's injury versus Sporting. That's just the nature of fandom, really. Um, when, I, when it happened, I wasn't upset. I was kind of, oh, well, I was expecting it anyway. And next year we go again. FPL-wise, selling all Arsenal assets so your FPL outcomes aren't dependent on them and you can pure watch us is also great. It's it's really stressful to have them intertwined, isn't it? So quite good to have a separation between church and state, as it were. Right, my daughter's crying, so I've got to go. Uh, hopefully that was vaguely useful. Just to confirm, I'll probably be buying Rashford. Well, definitely buying Rashford, of course. One of Duncan Diaz, Dunk or Diaz maybe, and uh, I'll be selling Watkins for Greenwood to make that work. 
And yeah, uh, if KDB is injured tomorrow, uh, I will put it down to a boo-boo, ignore the defender and uh, just do the other transfers and hey, just kind of hope that no one else realises <laughs> and I was captain hauling 100%. All right, good luck all. I'll be back next Thursday at the end of the double game week for another quick tomalog. Hope I assisted you. Speak to you very soon and enjoy your weekend. See ya. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Sports Social Podcast Network.